Hello everyone, this is Alma Sandoval, founder and publisher of Alma Latina Online Magazine, alongside Sukena Jamil, a reporter and content editor, coming to you now with Alma Latina's first ever podcast. In light of recent events and the rise of violence in the city of Toronto, and by extension all surrounding areas in the GTA, including Durham region, we wanted to have a conversation with frontline personnel, and in fact first responders, who deal firsthand with these situations, not only when they happen, but also as the victims continue to deal with the aftermath. To that effect, we spoke over the phone with Jasmine Guillen, who is a longtime crisis counselor with Victim Services Toronto. We'll start off by highlighting some important points in our conversation with Jasmine. How are you? How are you today? I'm great. You know, I've had better days, but um, here I am. It's been a, a tough week, I can I can imagine. It, it has been. I think in all levels it has been sad that we see that here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And from, uh, you know, from just from where I work, it, it's also daunting that here we go again. This is something that um, is, is just unreal. I work for an agency that is it's not as well known, I believe, for the community, although, um, you know, we have been um, in business, if you can say that, for um, just over 25 years. Um, the name of my agency, of our agency, is Victim Services Toronto. Mm-hmm. And um, we are an agency that provides immediate uh, crisis response, intervention, and prevention services. Mm-hmm. And these are, um, these are services that are responsive to the needs of individuals and communities affected by crime and sudden tragedies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also important to say that we are a non-for-profit organization okay. with a charitable status. I actually ended up at Victim Services as I was going to social work program, uh, and uh, this agency welcomes a for professionals in training that can do the practicum, and that's how I became involved. Mm-hmm. I have been with this agency for over ten years. Oh wow! And over the yeah, and over the years, so I became involved with the crisis team mm-hmm. as a social worker, and um, you know we also welcome a lot of members of the community with these different languages. In this case, I speak Spanish and Portuguese, so that facilitated some services to people of my own community Mm -hmm. Um, and um, so now I so we have various components to our organization the crisis primaries the crisis team and then we move on to another program that's the enhanced services where we carry situations that require a little bit more advocacy Mm -hmm. um, for a bit of more long term so that's the department that I'm I'm with right now Okay, and so you, you um, I guess you work directly, you're frontline workers. Uh, how do people come to you, or is there like an outreach uh, program that you... Um, so we, our referral base comes um, a lot of the first, we are primarily first responders. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what that means is that we immediately attend, we meet in person or via phone with um, a person when a crime a crime has been committed, we get called by uh, the Toronto Police, firefighters, ambulance, hospital providers, and we immediately uh, go and meet with that person. Okay. So, um, so if a person has been, something has happened, someone knows, then that's how they come to us, 
or they call nowadays with the internet they call us directly as well okay um, and so in, in instances like, you know, like the, the van attack and, and, and uh, you know, what happened at Great Town um, over the weekend. So what's, where do you come in? So, so it's, it's the same um, for us, you know, it doesn't, we don't label something as less or more important because of the magnitude of this. Mm-hmm. Having said that, of course, this is, this is, this is on a different scale. So we are called in, in or are on standby. We knew when this happened, so we are prepared and we offer our services and we go to the crime scene in this case. Um, either are called by, with permission um, of the victims, of the, anyone that has been affected by this, mm-hmm. um, or a police officers would let us know anyone, right, of what has happened and we go there to provide support. Joining us in the recording of this podcast is Carly Kalish, who is the Executive Director of Victim Services of Durham Region. So good morning. Good morning. Carly. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. So who are with I'm the Executive Director of Victim Services of Durham Region. Okay. And um, well Alma Latina magazine is, is you know, based uh, first and foremost uh, in, in the Durham Region. Mm-hmm. I'm Alma Sandoval. I'm the uh, Founder, publisher of the, uh, it's an online magazine Great. in Spanish and English, and this is. Yeah, I'm, I'm Sakina Jamil. I'm a uh, summer student with Alma, um, and I'm a reporter, content editor. And so, tell us about you know victim services, what the agency does in, in Durham Region. Sure. So we um, we support victims of crime and sudden tragedy, and um, a lot of our referrals come directly from the police. We will. Uh, support people on the scene of a crime will accompany police to the scene but will also support people who identify as survivors or victims of crime that did not report to the police so you could make a self-referral or let's say you're at a counseling agency or you're accessing uh, uh, support from a different agency but you want access or services you don't need to be referred from the police we will support you and some of the things that we offer are crisis intervention short-term case management and counseling and we're navigators of service so what we do is we can connect you to a wide variety of resources to meet all of your needs, whether that be emotional needs in terms of counseling, uh, trauma treatment, uh, maybe it's drug treatment. Um, Also things like if you need to be safe in the moment, we can help you access a cell phone. We uh, we are the liaisons with uh, the Ministry of the Attorney General to access specific funding for survivors of of certain crimes. Uh, If you need to get your locks changed, Mm -hmm. if you need to access a storage unit, um, things like that, we we can uh, help you access quite uh, quick, quickly. Um, it's called the Victim Quick Response Program, VQRP. Um, and so we can also help assist you in finding housing, whatever it is you need to start rebuilding your life and to feel safe. We can connect you to the supports and resources that you need in order to do that. So it's not directly a service of the Durham Regional Police Service, or it is? So we're partners with the Durham Regional Police. Um, and uh, so we work quite closely with them. But that's not the only way to access our services. And in fact, like I mentioned, you don't need to have any connection to the police, but if you identify as a survivor of crime and are not comfortable reporting it at that time, that does not uh, stop you from accessing our services. Setting a lot of our clients are survivors of human trafficking and are survivors of uh, intimate partner abuse. Things are changing a little bit, and this is something that we were talking about with uh, Victim Services Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it used to be, you know, instances like this, situations like this. But now we're looking at and we're seeing, you know, um, events like the van yeah, attack in, in Young and Shepherd and, and the shooting in uh, Greektown. Sure. Are things changing? And then we just recently saw something like that happen in Pickering. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there was a, a, a shooting here. There was a large crowd at the uh, Rib Fest. Mm -hmm. Are things changing? I mean... It's a combination of so many things, right? So things like this have existed um, for a long period of time, but it seems like we're, we're seeing it in a more concentrated way. We're seeing it, you know, more attacks happening and, and they're happening closer together, unfortunately. Um, you know, and it's not to blame the media. The media is our access to information, but but sometimes when you see that something like this happening, it... it it shows you what you could possibly do, not that it's their fault in any way. So I think that there's a piece of that, but I think there are so many other factors in terms of um, not having seamless access to mental health services, mm -hmm. that our physical health services are, are, are not in line with our mental health services and they should be in the, you know, the same sort of support. Um, and in terms of the shootings, access to guns, uh, whether those illegal are illegal guns that have been trafficked to Canada or that those are guns that are in fact legally purchased in Canada and then have been sold to people illegally, domestically, to commit crimes. I think that, that there's so many factors. It's not just a, you know, a copycat situation. It's not just a, well, I saw this, I'm going to do it. It, it. There are so many systemic factors that we have to address in terms of mental health, in terms of poverty, um, in terms of uh, uh, stigma in mental health that, that factor into um, the, the occurrences of, of being so frequent. Do you use Ukraine as a, because you're, you know, the, the younger generation, mm -hmm. um, do you see things differently? Like, are there different needs, different? Um, I feel like just speaking to people in my age group, and like, I go to university in downtown Toronto, mm -hmm. um, so it is kind of like, there, there was a shooting at like, I think, Kensington Market a couple weeks ago. Um, and that's somewhere like I go with my friends right. like Terrifying. all the time. So yeah. it's just it's so weird thinking like, okay, like this last year I was at school and none of this had happened. Um, so I wasn't that afraid, and now I don't know how I'm going to be feeling mm. in downtown every day when I go back in September. So I think that it is kind of um, there has been a kind of shift in mentality of like people I know myself and then me myself just in not as much in Durham maybe more in downtown but I know it's been happening in Durham recently and stuff too so it is kind of like scary I guess but totally yeah totally scary mm -hmm. it, you mentioned you know services and mental health mm -hmm. and everything tying it together I just mm -hmm. actually want to uh, bring you to what Jasmine said sure, about that. yeah um, I think it's great I think you know I, uh, fundamentally speaking um apart from emotional support funds are necessary to drive changes right um the key um and i cannot speak for what the city has planned for that money um i i would the key you know i also wouldn't want to say that it's just necessarily mental health the issue because until we find out exactly what the underlying issue is then we cannot begin to make some changes Mm. Um, you know, is it terrorist? Is it this? Is it that? I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. Okay. That's an answer for the government and the police. Having said that, when it comes to um, to programs and funding, we need something that it's sustainable. 
um, you know, the, the, the issue sometimes with funding is that you, as a social agency, live grant to grant. Our mm-hmm. agency is not an exception. Okay. And so um, when you leave grant to grant, it, it's difficult to plan for ongoing uh, programs and sustainability. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you, if you know that for the next five years you're going to have a certain plan, yes. But the problem doesn't stop in five years. The situation doesn't stop in five years. So if you do not have, the plan needs to be for something that is sustainable. And I don't know exactly what that would look like. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with, with Jasmine more. I think it's um, when you're dealing with, with issues that are, are grounded in systemic problems, uh, you know, uh, a program-specific grant that's for two or three year, years, you know, isn't going to dent, um, you know, uh, you know how we, it's not how we're going to solve that. Uh, unfortunately, it, it's, it's so much bigger. We have to, yes, there has to be core funding. It has to be... Um, ongoing it has to be something that agencies aren't competing for we have to collaborate there, there are so many factors I and yeah you know yeah. Jasmine hit the nail on the head in terms of uh, when we're when we're talking about something so big uh, it, it has to be an investment made by all levels in, of government in order to be able to to tackle it it also has to be that society is on board for for mm-hmm. what those changes are right so it's not just funding I think stigma is is a huge part of that and and I think you know government could invest in money to create programs to, to eliminate stigma but I also think it, it, it has to be you know an attitude shift and change of the general uh, population about mental health, um, about cultural sensitivity, um, uh, you know, about all of those things in mm-hmm. order to give people the help that they need, make them feel comfortable accessing the help that they need, mm-hmm. accepting the help that they need. And you're right, it, it might, you know, mental health is, is one pillar of this. It's, it's not the only pillar we have to address. And so as a community, as a Durham region, I'm, I'm going to actually ask you about, you know, Toronto versus that Durham region, mm-hmm. but as a community, what would, you know, an agency like yours need from mm-hmm. the community? You know, I, I hate asking. So so people ask us all the time, well, what can we give you? Like, what tangible things can we give you? And we work with, with victims of crime who, ta- you know, tangible things are really helpful, like cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone feels unsafe and they don't have a cell phone because their partner smashed it or they were being trafficked and they didn't have access to a phone because someone was controlling their movement and, and, and everything. Things like that are, are, are very little things that a, a person can do. Or, you know, some people drop off backpacks filled with, you know, clean clothes and shampoo mm. and things like that for survivors of those crimes. So that's very different than what can the community do to address this sort of crime. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing that we need most is money so that we can have um, programs that are that we can expand our programs, right? So you hate asking for money, mm-hmm. um, but but it is, you know, to be, mm-hmm. to be honest, it is the thing we need most because our workers are very good at what they do. They're able to, without judgment or assumption, help people navigate resources to get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. So it's incredible when people give us things, we'll take them happily. <laughs> I don't want to seem unappreciative, mm-hmm. uh, but what we need is more workers to be able to see more clients to address the gaps in service that exist in our region okay and so coming back to the question about you know toronto versus at durham region one of the things that she mentioned was that you know and and we talked about it is 
the agency is kind of like spreading itself thin. Yes. They're kind of ready to, you know, for the next thing to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so they, you know, they have the resources, but they could obviously use more. Yeah, we one all of, could. We yes. all could, for sure. And one of the things that they're using, actually, is volunteers. Yes, so do um, we. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and my misconception coming into this was, you know, you need somebody in social services. You need somebody who knows about, you know, psychology. And she said, no. Um, we welcome everybody. We train them. It's just, uh, you know, it's yes. that person that will be at a moment of, of, you know, something happening, something traumatic happening. It's that person that will be there with you, just listening, you know. Absolutely. So what do the volunteers, you know? So our volunteer system is set up the exact same way that uh, the Victim Services of Toronto's is in that um, uh, we ha we're open 20, I mean, we're, we're sort of open 24-7. So, you know, a, a random person can't call and say, I need you this moment. We're not a crisis support 24-7, but the police has, have access to us 24-7. And in, in order for us to be able to uh, to respond to those calls, we rely on volunteers because we don't have the funding to pay for staff to work 24-7. Okay. Volunteers that are, you know, the heart and soul of our agency and that can help us fill in those cracks of time so that when a staff is unable to attend to a call, uh, a volunteer can. What we also like to do is we, we like to pair a staff with a volunteer. Mm -hmm. So you're getting someone with the, you know, that mental health education, but you're also getting someone out of the goodness of their heart wants to just be there and sit with you and hold your hand and say, let me get you a glass of water. What do you need, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it, you know, if, if someone wants to commit their time, um, we, you know, we, we are always accepting more volunteers. I believe. What skills would be ideal to have? I mean, it, you know, empathy. Empathy. Someone who is able to, and, and not being judgmental, right? Because you're seeing people in incredibly vulnerable situations, and sometimes people who are victims of crime are also perpetrators of crime, and you can't see black and white. If you're that kind of thinker, then that's not the the kind of volunteer we're looking for. We're looking for someone who can understand nuance and see gray and someone who isn't going to judge what they see, um, is, is, is keen and open to walk into an environment where you're not sure what you're going to see, what you're going to expect, and just be there with a person. Join them. Uh, don't judge them. And, and find out what they need and listen. And if you are that kind of person, we would love for you to reply. Okay. Um, now, in terms of Durham, your mm -hmm. region, uh, do you see things differently from, you know, what um, cities like Toronto, you know, a mega well, city like Toronto experiences in terms of what we go? Well, I would say the, see, the, the, the physical density of, of where people, you know, populate is, is different in Durham. And I would say that transportation is quite different in Durham. And so those are our factors in how people would commit crimes and how people would be able to respond to crime. But I would say in terms of other crimes being committed, um, if, if you're looking at um, human trafficking, for example, if someone is brought to Durham, which human trafficking, Durham is a hub for domestic human trafficking. Really? Yes. And someone brings you here and you're, you're from Toronto or you're from another part of Ontario, it would be much harder to leave than it would to be to, uh, because you could be, parts of Durham are incredibly remote. Mm -hmm. And so the parts that are quite dense and, and, and city-like, and then there are parts that are, they're not. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about Durham, it's really tricky because there's so many uh, different areas of it that, that are, would be very, di you know, you'd need a different plan, you'd need, um, it would be di different to navigate. So I think that often the, the north part of Durham is, is forgotten about when, we, when we're talking about um, 
uh, crimes in Durham. Um, but it's also something for us to keep in mind. And so mm -hmm. if, if transport, the transportation system is, of course, yeah. public transit exists, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not as um, extensive as it would be in, in a city like Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, so how would you, if you are ready and willing and, and able to leave, how would you navigate that? Would you know where you are? You know, all of those things would be factors um, that I don't think people are having conversations about. That you don't sure. think about. I mean, no, you don't think about it. How do you take a bus? If how do you get back? How do you, yeah, yeah, you, you got it. You got yeah. it. Okay. Um, you mentioned cultural, you know, yes. uh, services in other languages, yes. services. Yes. Uh, how does how does your agency uh, So we, we work with um, MCIS, which uh, allows us access to translators, interpreters in multiple languages, free of charge for our, our agency, which we access all of the time. And we also have staff who speak multiple languages at our agency, and we're constantly looking for when we're hiring to hire people of a diverse background um, in terms of race, uh, ethnicity, uh, religion, age, um, disability, all of those things um, so that we are representative of the community of Durham, right? Yeah. And as an agency, so what would you, you know, uh, what would be your, your parting message to, uh, to the community? We are, you know, that we are here for you, that we're all in it together. There's nothing wrong about asking for help. It would be our pleasure to help you navigate that, to find the resources that you need, um, and that you're not alone. No one can do it alone. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So thank you so much. So we were, you know, having a conversation with Carly College mm -hmm. from Victim Services Durham Region. Thanks for having uh, me. Thank you for being sure. with us.